Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> so today we're going to talk about the fact that we are truly blessed. You are truly blessed, says the Lord. Amen. We'll talk about that for a bit. Um, <clears throat> I was reading in uh, the book of Numbers, you know, the story about Balaam and Balak. And I thought we would visit that story again because <clears throat> there's so much to be gained there. One of the things that that we we need to embrace and accept, you know, you got to wrap your brain around this concept that because of your righteousness, the righteousness that's been imputed to you by Christ Jesus, the curse is broken in your life. Now, let me tell you um one of the the things that will happen as you begin to um, um, go through life and walking with God, there will be times where if you get your focus, and we all do this, off onto the natural, your your mind will wander and wonder. The wondering is what makes us drift over into putting faith in the curse rather than in the blessing. It's just true. And and we have to develop a discipline about ourselves mentally. This is very important because, you know, many times as believers we think, uh, well, you know, your mind, it's more about your spirit. Well, your spirit has a mind too. It's, it's filled with the word of God or filled as much as you put in there. Let me put it to you that way. And as your your mind is renewed, it comes into a new uh, spiritual dynamic uh, where your you you know your old thoughts, carnal thoughts, would always lead into sin. You know you you're you're focusing on dead works when you focus on the carnal side of things. But a renewed mind has not only the word in it, but it has a spiritual energy there that makes that word alive. So there's a big difference between your carnal mind and the the death that abides there versus your spiritual mind and the life. When you start focusing on thoughts of doom, gloom, discouragement, it won't happen, that's a death in your mind. And, And the believer should immediately cast that down and go over into the renewed side of their mind and and start living in that spiritual fruit and that dynamic that brings the word alive to you, that brings peace to you, that brings hope, that brings encouragement and all those things that we like and we like to live off of. But, but there is a discipline and a walk in your life that you must have to keep that going. And so, so many times we'll, we'll just accept what the natural offers us because there's somewhere in us we still believe in some kind of curse, some kind of punishment, some kind of time out, you know, a super nanny dynamic, you know, like you got a nanny in your brain that's telling you, you've been bad, you need a time out until you learn how to obey, that kind of stuff. Well, you don't need that. You just need to go over into the mind of the spirit. 
and dwell there and abide there so that that life force that's on God's word that's that's grafted into your spirit and the mind of your spirit can begin to come into your heart and your soul and begin to re-energize you in faith and confidence in God and that's the dynamic for the believer but we need to study and understand because the curse is there for some people it's it's there for the world folks there there is such thing as blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience but they had to do with a covenant that God uh, gave his people that has been done away with okay so for the believer the curse is not even a matter for discussion it's something for us to to forget about and put under our feet and the curse has to do with punishment for disobedience under the new covenant punishment is not on the table anymore there's no punishment for us now if you continue to abide in the flesh you punish yourself this we do to ourselves because we refuse to walk in faith and obedience to the, 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 the rules and regulations for the blessing so we have to understand that we are the deciding factor in all of this is what you do what you believe how you function how do what do you focus your your thoughts on that makes all the difference in the world so we're going to talk about this this blessing what, what it means to be blessed what it means to be truly blessed that word truly i used because truly refers to a covenant of blessing a covenant of blessing is not a one-time thing. The enemy will come in and make you think that God blessed you once. And man, was it hard for him to do. He just couldn't make up his mind if he wanted to do that or not. So he may not do it this time. Huh? Like it's real tough. Mm-hmm. But that's not a covenant of blessing. Now that might be true for an unbeliever. For a sinner, it is real tough for God to bless them. Because they can't walk in obedience. There's no righteousness. There's nothing where they can line up. So God's going to have to corner them. He don't have to do that with his kids. You got me? Because he dwells in us. We cooperate with him. We have peace with him. We have his righteousness. So we can cooperate with God in these things and we can freely access the blessing mm-hmm. we can freely access it and so but we have to understand how this process happens because i think many times we we make our own time out we make our own penalty box we make our own uh a disqualification based on picking up ideas from the world picking up you, you got me staying outside of the covenant realm we can pick up on on this nonsense i remember when we first started you know people started teaching from deuteronomy 28 the blessings and the curses man people ran off with the curse like you wouldn't believe like that was that was the main thing there and the reason that happened is because much of it was taught through the soul and the carnal vein 
And people, immature people, picked it up carnally. And what your carnal mind will grab first is the curse. Because your carnal mind is full of death. It's not, there's no life there to grab onto the blessing. So people will run off with the curse and, oh, this curse needs to be broken. And, oh, that curse was never broken. And, well, did you get saved? I'm serious. I mean, you just had to really break it down to some people and hit them between the eyes with salvation again. So what I I believe happened was a, a teaching that was meant to establish a better covenant. You focus on the fact that this is a better covenant based on better promises got turned around into something where people began to fear the devil more. They fear curses more because it was taught in a carnal vein and people immature not grounded in the word i'll tell you how i know that it, it, this this guy everybody's fascinated with now joseph prince the asian guy pastor joseph prince everybody's fascinated he's just preaching the gospel the plain gospel that you can pick up the new testament Remember when we first got saved and everybody gave you a New Testament and a book of Psalms. New Testament for, for your spirit, man, and the Psalms when you got blue. And you got glad you weren't living there no more. You went back to the New Testament and you found out who you were and got yourself straightened out. huh? But all he's teaching on is the fact that God has graced us with forgiveness. That's all that is. And it's amazing how believers are not established in that just basic principle of the new covenant. Is the blood forgiveness of sins, renewing of your mind, restoring of what's been stolen. All of that principle is lost somehow because people have gotten exotic in their, you know, thinking so you know here we we have to renew that and restore that in our in our minds because people forget galatians uh three if you'll go with there with me and i'll establish this truth first so that we'll we'll get an understanding when you go back and you start to rehash things Much of what the Apostle Paul wrote was toward this concept of getting believers to understand the new covenant and what belonged to them and how the old was done away with. Now why do we pick up the old covenant? Because in your mind is the law. Your, your mind, your carnal mind has to govern you with a sense of right and wrong. And when your carnal mind begins to take over and try and run your life, you start coming up with this concept of I was bad and I can't ask God for anything. Or I was bad or something is not coming to me fast enough so I must have done something wrong. And so this this is why he keeps, you'll, you'll find in almost every epistle there's something dropped in there to remind us that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. There's no curse on this. There's no punishment. There's no waiting period. There's no out box. There's no... Huh? 
And he keeps hammering it and hammering it and hammering it and hammering it. Why? Because our hard heads need to be hammered with this because we think carnally most of the time and not spiritually about things. It takes effort to be a spiritual person. You don't get it just coming and sitting in church and, and listening a little bit and then run home and be carnal again. You gotta take this out there with you. When you start losing it, you gotta go grab your Bible again. When, you, when evidence starts mounting up that you don't qualify, you gotta grab it even harder. Fight. Call a fight. Call a fight. You know, we fight the wrong thing sometimes. You know, you get so goofy in your mind, you start fighting God's people. When they try to minister the word to you, you get so mad at them. You know, you. We got. You don't get that crazy. The person sitting next to you is your best friend. Huh? Because I know when you're with the saints, God can drop a prayer on them in a minute that's going to help you out, whether you ask for it or not. People in the world is not going to do anything but watch you fall and laugh at you. So in Galatians 3, Paul says this. He says, verse 10, For as many as are under the works of the law, we have a faith covenant, not a works covenant, folks. But when you get uptight, works will come in there. You'll start goofing off and thinking it's because of something you did wrong that you're where you are. What you're doing wrong is believing in that nonsense. Now, I'm not saying God blesses disobedience, but I'm saying once you're blessed, you're blessed. They said, cursed is everyone that that continues not in all the things which are written in the books of the law to do them. So if you just do a few of the commands, this is the thing. People do one commandment and think they got it all. And the Bible says you got to do all of them and do them all perfectly without breaking any of them for that to amount to something that's why it was done away with because it's weak because it's carried out through the flesh anything carried out through the spirit is strong much stronger than anything in the flesh but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God it's evident for the just shall live by faith and without faith you die you got me? You get back over in the dead works. Christ, he says, and the law is not of faith. In other words, you either, if you, you're trying to get by on your works, forget it. You either do the works that come from faith or you do the works without faith. He says, the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. In other words, you were doomed to live in the curse before you were purchased out. You've been purchased out of it. You didn't just walk out. and You didn't just get born again, but you were purchased. There was a purchase made for you. There was a ransom drop made for your soul and your body and all the rest of you. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Now you can hang yourself out to dry if you want to, but that won't curse you. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You can be as good as you want to be, and you won't get the Holy Ghost. 
you get him through believing in what Jesus Christ has done for you is sufficient not only for that one time confession of salvation but to take you throughout your life saved, justified, righteous. Verse 16 now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He didn't say to seeds as of many. In other words, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is not to them. It's to one seed. What particular seed? Who is that? Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, <clears throat> which is Christ. And that that and this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before God, before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of none effect. The promise came to Abraham quicker than earlier than the law of Moses did. Abraham was before Moses. The law came to explain the promise. It is not to overtake the promise. Verse 18, for if the inheritance be of the law, it's no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. So who are you? Are you sons of Abraham? Of course you are. The Bible says those that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 9. So we are the heirs because we are people of faith. The law has been done away with. The law of Moses and the ordinances, the Bible says, were contrary to us because you couldn't do them anyway. God knew you couldn't do them when he put them there. Huh? They were just there to remind you when you went afoul of them that you were wrong. Hmm? Just like the, the laws that we have in the city. If you drive too fast, you're subject to get a ticket because that law is on the books. Now, I know many of you drive fast and think you're getting away with something. Nah, but it will catch up with you if you persist. You got me? So that law is meant to be obeyed. And when you run afoul of it, there is a penalty for the disobedience. Hmm? There is a penalty for disobedience. Just like with us. If we stay disobedient to God and don't repent... And don't walk in the blessing after you repent. This is where Christians goof themselves up. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to do what? He forgive you and cleanse you. Forgive you and cleanse you. It's like if, if, if I gave Anita a new skirt. And she kept going out playing in the mud in it. I said, well, Anita, you know what? I paid a lot of money for that. But I understand you like mud. So, you know, I'm going to forgive you for getting it dirty. But let her sit down in church with a dirty skirt on. It's, you know, I got to cleanse her. I got to go out and get that cleaned or buy her another skirt if I want to keep her in the place where I intended her to be with the new skirt on. See? If she's forgiven and she just sits around dirty, that's kind of a detraction there. But if I forgive her and cleanse her, I let her know I meant for you to look good. And I'm going to keep you looking good. 
and I'm going to do the whole job for you because I had an intention when I gave that to you, and I'm keeping that intention in your life. You got me? So this is why we need cleansing. And this is why many times people don't want to confess their sins. We hate it to admit we're wrong. Of course we do. Nobody likes that. And when it comes to you, because sometimes you think you're so right. huh? And so we're used to hiding from God when it's time to do the confessing. And that's why many times we feel guilty. We keep, we keep making excuses. We keep trying to cover up. We keep, we keep, we keep. Because we have let it pile up so high. Now we got to explain what that lump under the rug is. Huh? First it was a little bit of stuff. Now it's got to be a big hump in the rug. So now we got to call it something. Um, well, actually, I like it like that. Hmm? Well, you could fall and break your neck on that thing. Why don't we get rid of it? No, you don't understand. That was given to me by my ancestors. That's a family, you know, tradition. It's a we've always had lumps under the rug. Uh, we're called the lumpy family. Huh? Well, that's what we do. You have to do something with it because your soul won't let you just feel guilty. So you got to smooth it over with an excuse for it. Then you start. You know, buying it toys to play with and making a pet out of it and get a little house for it to live in and make it comfortable. Uh-huh. Take it to bed with you, plump it up, becomes your comfort. It does. So we have to understand why. you got to know why these things happen so that you can stop them. Because they keep you from being truly blessed, covenant blessed, continually blessed, increase blessed, increased blessed, increase blessed. More blessed than you were last week, more blessed than you were last year, more blessed than you were last month. Increased blessed. That's the way an inheritance goes. It increases. It doesn't stay the same. See, lump and rug causes you to stay at the same level. Then you've got to explain why you're at the same level of blessing when God has ordained an inheritance for you. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hasn't got quiet now. See, this hurts because you don't look at the law of liberty. You don't look into the word for what you desire. You keep looking in here in your limited brain with dead works it's got you hemmed in it's got you cornered because you yet don't understand the blessing how to release the blessing to yourself excuses keep the blessing bottled up huh even Patty LaBelle knows that don't block the blessings huh She's running around writing little books about how she's blessed. and <laughs> It's really an apology. She keeps arguing with Christians who say she's not living for God. So this is 
She's proven she's blessed. But even she has a sense that there's something she's doing to cause good things to come into her life. You got me? And things that you do that keep them out. So what you want to do is keep them coming and build an inheritance for yourself, for your seed, for the church, for the work that God's called you to do. You must build an inheritance in these things because he's called you to it. You don't know what God wants you to do and why he wants you to do it. You've got to walk in obedience to him. The Bible says God made Abraham rich, or Abraham was very rich. We don't know what happened that made him rich, but he left out of Egypt with money, came down there broke, left out with plenty. Huh? Somehow when you're blessed of God, when you get around money, it comes to you. Mm-hmm. It does. Because you carry that attraction with you. You carry the attraction for prosperity with you. Because God, once God puts it on you, is on you problem with the church is we yet don't understand how to walk in it and appropriate it on a continual basis in order to build an inheritance so in numbers chapter 23 maybe we'll start in 22 i think israel this is this is before uh, this is during the time of moses okay Numbers starts because he starts numbering the people. Whenever you start counting everybody, it's so you can sort out what you got. And so it's always a sign that you're getting ready to go to war. The census, we have a census every 10 years that can file how old everybody is. We keep up with everybody in this country. And whenever it's time for war, they will sort out, number one, what the state of the current state of the military, what the manpower is on a volunteer basis. And then they will sort out all the ages of all the able-bodied who are fighting age. You know, it has been men of war, but now it's women as well go to war. And so uh, Moses numbers the people. And Moses, we know, was a great intercessor. And he was a great preacher over the people. And he was a deliverer of the people. Uh, And Moses wanted those people delivered. And so they would go to war. And every time they would go to war with somebody, they would win. Why? Because God fought for them. They trusted God in the battle. They went into war with God's blessing, under God's direction. And they followed God's instruction through the whole thing. So... As a result of their obedience, God told them, when you go into this land, there will be inhabitants there. You've got to drive them all out. All of them. Even the lump under the rug, you've got to get rid of that. You got me? You drive out all the inhabitants of the land. Your own ideas. What you thought you wanted to do with your life before you met the Lord. You've got to drive everything out. Clean it out. So that God can establish his will, his word, his covenant. You got a whole new life in him. His inheritance for you. And so Moses and the children of Israel are in the process of confronting all of these inhabitants. Because God has given them the land. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. 
So we are, and we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel, which means that as a child of God, you have a right to go anywhere God leads you to, to do what God wants you to do. Period. Anywhere. The whole earth is our domain. And so the children of Israel were, but they were fighting just for survival. This land was necessary for them to be able to live, to grow, and to prosper. So they're really fighting to establish their inheritance here in the earth. So they wouldn't be wiped out from the face of the earth. And so they go in and they begin to fight all these different tribes of people. You notice that God has his people fight against a heathen that worships another god they don't fight one another problem with the church is we we stay in a, a a state of restricted blessing because of our attitude toward one another you see you got to understand your enemy is not somebody who's in covenant with you that's your brother you don't fight your own flesh and blood but you fight an enemy who is sworn against you and is actually serving other gods. So in <clears throat> chapter 22, verse 1, And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side of Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw that is what all that Israel had done to the Amorites. So this is one tribe that they've defeated already. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many now you might feel that you're a little bitty somebody trying to fight a big giant somewhere you know maybe it's a a a bank that's uh, misappropriated your money or made a mistake on your account or done something you might feel like a little small thing but spiritually speaking if you're in the will of God you are many those that are with you are more than those who are with them. And let me tell you another little secret so you won't be, be you know, bothered by what you see in the natural. When the enemy sees a child of God making progress toward anything, I don't care if you're coming out of the ghetto, I don't care if you're coming out of a, a, a clunker to a, a, you know, an almost new something, he arrays every devil that he can find against you. You gotta understand this folks, this hasn't changed. This Bible was left for us so that these aren't just a bunch of old stories. You see yourself as heirs. If you're joint heirs with Christ of all things, just like Israel was an heir with God, they were there as sons and daughters of the Most High God, you're the same people, spiritually speaking. The same warfare that comes against them comes against you. But what the devil would like for you to do is is feel guilty because, you know, you, you didn't give as much as you thought you were supposed to give. You didn't pay your pledge off or, you know, <laughs> guilty about mistakes. You're not a wicked person because you didn't pay your pledge. Huh? You're still a child of God. You just made a mistake. You need to repent. 
God, I'm sorry. I thought I could do that. And I see right now, I, maybe I just shot my mouth off too much, but help me to do the best I, you know, make a resolution with God about it. Sit up and let the devil beat you up about something that everybody does. Everybody make mistakes. What happens then oftentimes is we see ourselves making mistakes and we want to sit around and watch the faults in other people. And talk about that so then we can feel bad. Well, look at what they're, you know, they're, it's the rug under, hump under the rug keeps getting bigger. Sure. God wants you to get rid of that. You find yourself on the wrong side of his covenant, then you, you repent and get on the right side. You get cleansed. The only way you get cleansed, you got to confess. If you confess, that means you're wrong. So you just got to be wrong and make it right. There's always a way to make it right and get yourself in the place where you can be blessed. So here, these Israel's, you know, making progress. You ever get blessed? You feel good about yourself. The devil hates that. He hates that like he hates, I mean, you know, like like we hate him or should hate him. He hates that when we feel good about something we've done where we've obeyed God and, you know. It's like if you're in in a household where you're, you, you know, the good kid. You know, if you've got four or five or six brothers and sisters, there's always a, you know, one that's headed for Rikers, you know, Marion, wherever. That's in Ohio. Where what they got here in Michigan? I know they got Jackson. Yeah, that went Jackson. <laughs> and then there's the the good kid that's you know you know get thee to a nunnery or you know priesthood or something like that. You always got to be angel and a devil in every. Well, you know the the bad kid gonna try to get the little one in trouble. The one that's trying to be good gonna try to get him in trouble every single time. She's just laying a snare. It's just that way it is. So you gotta make up your mind. I'm gonna be blessed. I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna live for God so I can get blessed more, so I can enjoy it more. Huh? Be happy to be blessed. You know, I'll see people get blessed. Well, I didn't want to say anything to anybody because they act like they don't like it. Do it louder. Care about what people think about whether you get blessed or not. That's the most retarded thing. Huh? Care less. You're a witness for God, man. You got bigger fish to fry. And to be worried what the saints going to say if they see this and they see that. They're going to say you blessed or you got payments or something. I don't know what they're going to say. But... <sighs> Lord. So the devil's distressed because of your increase. He's distressed because you finally figured out how to get your mouth in gear and to get your obedience in gear. And to get all that stuff in gear, he's mad about that. So he gonna every time you make a move, he gonna try to get ahead of you, and you will see that in the story. So <clears throat> Moab said to the elders of Midian, "Now shall this company lick up all that are around us, and the, as the ox licks up the grass of the field, that's the way the devil looks at you." He said, "Man, these Christians start giving and believing God the way they're supposed to." He said, "Now I was doing good. I was getting them to." To, to give without faith. 
Well, we do it. Because we'll give, and the minute we get out there and see something else, we doubt. Hath God really said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, man, these com- these people have obeyed God. They're glad about what they got. They're not letting me condemn them because they got too much. Mm-hmm. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. So he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, and Pethor, which is by the river, the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, now the devil will send somebody from way the other side of the country to call you and discourage you from stepping out with God again. People come from far and near to get up in your grill and tell you that you ain't doing the right thing and quit it. Oh, you mean you give more than a tenth? Oh, you giving a tenth? Oh, you giving, huh? They ain't never satisfied with nothing you give. They'll try to discourage you from giving anything. And he says, behold, they cover the face of the earth. That's the way the devil looks at you. You one little person. But he sees he's upset, he's nervous, he didn't got got big eyes for and looking at what you can he looks at your potential, not where you are now. He got more confidence in what we can do sometimes than we do. In fact, most times. Because he's avidly working to stop us when we're sitting up wondering where it is. He says, come now, therefore, I pray thee, and curse me this people. Now, those people had a lot of faith in the supernatural. Why? Because they were limited in their natural resources. The more power man gets to do things with machines and all that, the less confidence he has in God. He says, for they are too mighty for me. Underline that, put a star by it, and cut it out and paste it. Just cut a hole in your Bible and cut that out and paste it up somewhere. If the devil's people can prophesy this about us, why can't we say it? I'm too mighty for I'm too mighty to stay in this small apartment for the rest. I'm too mighty to stay right. I'm too mighty. I'm coming out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people are condemned about where they're at and they make excuses to stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was your time to rejoice and jump for joy. <laughs> if you don't own property, you need to rejoice and jump for joy. You're too mighty to stay a renter for the rest of your life. God called you a property owner from the foundation of the earth. You're too mighty to stay there. You're too mighty to stay there. See, the devil got you there, and now he wants to keep you there. He can't keep you nowhere. He ain't your daddy. You quit keep obeying him for. Come out of there. Well, it's enough for me. It ain't enough for God. He's called you to more. You don't know who you are. That's why it's enough for you. Somebody got it. Huh? That's all. It's all perspective, folks. It's all vision. It's all what you see and how you see. He said, come curse these people. They're too mighty for me. He said, perhaps I'll prevail that we may kill them 
and I'll drive them out of the land. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. So he's buttering up the man of God, buttering up the prophet. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. Hmm? By the prophet however they can. And they came to Balaam and spoke unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night and I'll bring you word again as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came to Balaam and said, What men are these with you? Hmm? Right. <laughs> it's all God wants is a confession, folks. It's pretty much when he asked Adam, Where are you? All he wanted was a confession. Huh? That's all he wants. And Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. That's righteousness, folks. Huh? That's, that's what he sees. In other words, the devil is saying this about you. There's somebody I used to have, and I used to control, and they came out of that life. And now they're over into another life and I got to stop them because I want them back because I used to control them. I can't control them anymore. Hmm? He knew exactly where they came from, exactly what their past was. He said, they come out of that stuff. I'm mad because I used to have a grip on them and they got, they got enlightened. They got convicted. They repented and they came out and I want them back. And that's why he's up against the people of God today. You got enlightened. You came out. You came out of darkness. You came out of your Egypt. You came out of your sin. You came out of your depression. Out of your self, uh, self-righteousness. You came out of your self-pity. You came out of all that junk. And now he wants you back. And he says, and they cover the face of the earth. Scared. I don't care if it ain't but one of you. He sees you as many. He says, come now and curse them for me. Perhaps I'll be able to overcome them and drive them out. He said, if you help me by cursing them. Now what the devil is saying, if I can get the Christians to put confidence in the curse again. If I get them to believe that God's mad at them and the reason they don't have that, they're not blessed, they don't have an answer yet, is because they've done something wrong that can't be forgiven and cleansed. If I can get them back under believing that they're cursed and not blessed, then I can control them and I can keep them from moving forward, making progress. Now you may say you don't believe in the curse, but how do you, what do your actions prove? This is all a matter of what you do, the fruit you bear, and how you see yourself. And he says, I'll be able, if I can get them, you know, if I can get a curse on them, if I can get some power, if I can get some supernatural power over what they've got, or something in there to hinder it or make they, they can think they don't have something that they have, then I'll be able to control them. I'll drive them out. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people because they are blessed. In other words, nobody can curse what God's blessed. 
<clears throat> and Balaam rose up in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Get you in your hand, for the Lord refuses to give me permission to go with you. The prince of, princes of Moab rose up and they went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balak sent yet again princes, more honorable and stronger. So, like, uh, uh, what he just said, that's like your confession just just shoots out of your mouth and you don't know if you believe it or not. Huh? Uh, God, I can have I can have this because I asked you for it. And you said I believed I received when I prayed, and now they're telling me I don't have a, the credit, I don't have the financing, I don't have the this. I, <laughs> hmm? That's your first stab at exercising your faith. Hmm? So what does he do? He gets a bigger devil to come and tell you no again. Hmm? Finance company number two, car lot number two, house hunt number two. I told you no, you aunt, you ain't getting it and you can't have it. Okay, Mr. Devil. See, he's relentless. Sometimes we think if we say something one time, we're supposed to have it with wrapped up with a neat little package. Listen, before you get it from this mean devil, from this crazy devil that runs this crazy world, are you kidding me? He gives little newborn babies AIDS. You think it means anything to him to stop you from buying a car? Are you kidding me? He wishes he could do worse to you. So he says bigger devils, more honorable. Somebody you're going to listen to more. And we do. Well, this is the second place I went to, and they told me the same thing. I don't care what they told you. But you don't understand. This is Bank of America. I don't care if it's a Statue of Liberty. I don't care what they tell you. If God says you're blessed, you're blessed. You better believe it. So they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray you, hinder you from coming to me. For I will promote you to very great honor. And I'll do whatever you say to me. Come, therefore, I pray, and curse me this people. So the devil that you almost didn't listen to. Remember that voice that came to you and said, well, you better you better go with this one because you won't get another chance. You, you better take this deal because you won't get anything better. You, I know what you said you wanted, but you won't get that. Huh? Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balaam, this is what you need to say. If you give me this house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond what God says to me to do more or less. I can't go. I can't compromise on what I already agreed with God I want. I can't take away from it and I can't go over it. He says I can't alter the word of God either more or less. How many times do we get less 
A whole lot more than we get more. <laughs> but we're working on it. See, if you quit making excuses for it and building the hump under the rug. God, I'm sorry I didn't get that that initial thing that you were showing me. Well, it looked like it cost more money and I was scared. Huh? It's called honesty. Super saint. See, you know, that's our problem. We try to be wonderful and we just, you know. <laughs> I listened to somebody. Who was it? You know, some of these people that, you know, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, yeah, you know, I was watching this. It was a documentary. Bill Withers, remember the singer? Keep on using me to use me. Yep, so anyway. He was, but he he was a stutterer all his life until he got to be an adult and he started singing. And he, but you know, sometimes people when they can't communicate verbally, they get a lot up here and a lot in here that makes sense to them, and and you know, it's wisdom. And so, and and I believe that's one of the reasons that the enemy hinders them. See, it would have to be that way because if they get full expression of what God's put in their heart, look at what they could do, you see. But anyway, he began his singing career and lost the stutter, and he's lost it still. But he, he said something I thought was a little profound, you know, and I, I, I think you need to hold on to that. He says that, he said, I tell these young people, so I see young people in this business all the time, he said, and they, they always want to, everybody's got this great big idea. They want to be wonderful, you know. And, and we can get ideas like that from God. And, and as God works with us in our faith, we will take step at a time and get there. But what he was saying is that there's a road that you take to get there. He says, and he said, I always tell him this. He says, on your way to wonderful, he said, you're going to pass a place called all right. He said, and get familiar with it and understand it. He said, because that may be your permanent place is all right. You got me? And I think many times with believers, we're trying to get to wonderful and we don't even know all right exists. There is a place where your faith you have now will land you that's all right because your faith got you there. But you don't stay there. You keep working on to wonderful. So where he stopped was that that might be as far as you get. In the natural, that's true. But with believers, you can't, you can't get disgruntled about the place of all right. But you can't stay there either because wonderful is calling you to move on. You got me? And so when you don't condemn yourself and then have to make excuses and make yourself be comfortable there when God's not called you to stay there. And see, that's where many people are. They're afraid to move away from all right. And try to believe for wonderful because all our attempts to be wonderful seem to have failed except we did make progress, didn't we? We moved farther than we were before, didn't we? We made a moved out and made some mistakes and lost ground, but we know the path now. We can get up out and get out there again and keep going on to wonderful. You're too young to settle. I'm too young to settle. 
too young to quit. Too young in the things of God to just say this is okay where I am. And say this is going to be your life for the rest of your life. It can't be. It can't be. There's too much out there that God's promised. So he tells him, he says, I'm going to promote you with very great honor. Verse 17. Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, he said, if you would give me this house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond. Sometimes your flesh, your faith will be settled in what God has for you at this level. And your, your flesh will want to take you beyond it. Or God has more for you and your flesh will want you to stay right where you are. So you've got to make up your mind that you're going to trust God. You're not going to let uh, uh, the natural persuade you about anything. Can't be a persuader in your life. So he says, now therefore I pray you, stay with me here this night that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. So Balaam keeps telling him no. But he keeps saying, I'll ask God again. (laughs) And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men come with you, if the men come to call you, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say to you, that shall you do. So what he's telling him, he says, okay, I'm not going to put you in strife with these guys. I got a plan for all of this. He said, but keep the word I gave you in your heart don't let that slip see there's something that God's promised each and every one of us that we've let slip that's why we feel like God's not going to bless us he's will he do it again I don't know where is he why is it taking so long you let the word slip and he says and Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab and God's anger was kindled because he went now, it sounds like God's told him to do something that's mad at him because he obeyed him. That's not true. What he said was, yet the word which I shall say to you, that shall you do. God looks at the heart. In his heart, this man has turned around and, and dropped the word of God. That's why he's mad at him. That's the only reason it could be. There were two conditions, not just you go up, get up and and go with them, but go with the word that I gave you in your heart. Be determined to do that when you get there. He's flip-flopping. He's got it up for grabs what he's going to do. And God said, go with the word that I gave you already. And he's dropped God's word again. Problem with Balaam, okay? So in God's anger was kindled because he went It should say went without his word in him or he changed his heart about what he was going to say. Many times we, you know, I wanted this, but let me take this away from it because I don't think I can. You see, this is the problem. There's too much of you in there. And Balaam has too much of him in this process. His decision, his, you know, he's cool when he gets, you know, God gives him a word. He gets in front of people. He spits it out real quick. But then in his heart, he changes, goes away and changes. That's us, you little weak confession. But in your mind, you don't really believe that. You don't really believe that. You're just saying it. God can get you to the point where you can say it and believe it. So that's what he wants to do here. And he says, And then the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, 
and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned away out of the way and went into the field, and Balaam hid him and turned her again back unto the road. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on his side and a wall on that side. So they're in this little tight place. You think in a tight place people would look for God. I mean the creditors over here and these creditors over here. And we still trying to figure out what we can do. I mean there's no way to look but straight ahead. And he's still trying to get from side to side. And the angel, the ass saw the angel again. And thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And he hit her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. Okay. This qualifies him for an idiot. Huh? How many times does God have to tell you he is blessing you? Fear not. For I have come for you to bless you. Period. The ass saw the angel of the Lord and fell down under Balaam. Balaam's anger was kindled and he hit him again. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And said unto Balaam, What have I done to you that you have hit me these three times? And Balaam's talking back to the donkey now. I mean, this will make you feel really stupid, huh? Ever been there? Can't get an answer from God? The answer's obvious, huh? You don't want to accept it? It's got to be something else. Hmm? He'll make you talk to a, a donkey, and a donkey will talk back to you. Well, you won't listen to people. You won't listen to the pastor. You won't listen to the word. You won't listen to God. You won't listen to your conscience. You won't listen to anybody. He'll make anything talk to you. You'll be talking right back to it. Just because you haven't been there doesn't mean, <laughs> mean, that don't mean it won't happen. Just be thankful you got smart enough to listen to God before it got that bad. And he said, <coughs> in the, uh, and Balaam said to the ass, because you mocked me. Hmm? You wouldn't obey me. I would. There was. I wish I had a sword in my hand. I'd kill you. Gonna kill his donkey, and he needs a donkey to ride on. He's that mad. He's that mad because God won't let him have what he wants, what his flesh is crying for. Hmm? True. You get mad at God, huh? It's the truth. I know I'm supposed to have this. Hmm? The old tempest in the teapot. That's what God looks at. Look at that little try to be a little tornado. Remember a little bunch of steam. And the <clears throat> the ass said to Balaam, Am I not your ass upon which you have ridden ever since I was yours until this day? Was I ever able to do anything to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened his eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. He bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. Now the reason he didn't see God's help for him and God's direction for him is because what his flesh craved. 
He's going with the wrong attitude or God would not have stopped him, folks. He's going with the wrong thing in his heart. God looks at the heart. He knows your motives. He knows it. And he, he's more concerned about motive than he is anything else. He could care less about things that we have. But if we want them for the wrong reasons in the wrong way, he will stop you every single time. Because you're not going to be a robber, you're not going to be a coveter, you're not going to be a murderer, you're not going to be a liar, and you're not going to be a thief and prosper in God's house. His kids don't do that. huh? Now I know parents will say that, I didn't raise you like that. Well, you don't know what you did. huh? Just by the grace of God that they're not worse than they are. Amen. And we need to accept that and be blessed by it. But God does not raise his children to be murderous thieves in anything. He raised us to be holy people. He set us apart so that we could be like him in this world. And so, <clears throat> and the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you hit your donkey these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand you because your way is perverse before me. I look at your heart. You don't want this for the right reason. You want it for your flesh. And if I let you have it for your flesh, you're going to turn against it and turn against it quickly. Because just like I enlightened the eyes, your eyes so you could see me now, I can do it once you step into the trap of the enemy. God always does that. You know, people get enamored with somebody, know what they're wrong for them, wind up marrying them. And as soon as they jump the broom, God opens their eyes and they can see everything. Now they're disgruntled. The minute the devil gets your foot in the snare, if you don't take it out and get out of it, God will open your eyes and you'll see exactly what you got. He says, and your donkey saw me. He more in the spirit than you are. You know, if the donkey's carrying the prophet all these years, he knows the way of the Lord. Huh? Donkey, <laughs> how you think you've been getting places? You don't think God's had angels all along to tell that donkey which way to go? You stupid enough to get on him and just ride anyway? <laughs> the donkey said, I ain't dying today. I'm going to live to ride another day. <laughs> he did. Here, verse 34, took him all the way from verse 20 down to 14 verses to do the right thing. What does he do here? Confesses. Repents. He said, I have sinned. For I didn't know that you stood in the way against me. He said, God, I didn't know it was going to be this strong. Now, I've been playing both sides in the past. Huh? But I'm, I'm, I know what you're doing now. Now, therefore, if it, if it displease you, I'll go back again. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men. But only... Keep the word inside of you. Go in the word. Don't just go in the flesh. You know, the devil does all kind of tricks to get us over in the flesh. You know, he'll do things like, uh, you know, like, for instance, uh, Aubrey and I were, were looking at some property. You know, we tell people this all the time. You know, they send you these little little cards you know we want you to look at come down and visit so and so we've got oceanfront property resort property vacation property retirement property all this stuff and so they call you and set you up in the appointment and i said before we go anywhere we want to tell you we're not going to buy anything today oh that's okay oh no, we 
There's no pressure. No pressure. But when you get in there, the first salesman, if he can't close the sale, they believe, well, just wait a minute and I'll let my boss take to you. Bring the boss in there. And the last guy they bring in, he insults you. And he says, uh, I think it's the money. I said, you're right, it's the money. I said, we're not going to give it to you. I haven't had an idiot one time. I said, well, we're going to go home and pray about it. I can pray too. And he jumped down on the on the floor on his knees. I said, that's where all idiots need to be. So I looked at him. I said, well, you can pray all day long, but can you get an answer for us? I said, I don't think so. So we left him right there in the office on his knees looking stupid. I like my devil's left stupid. I don't know about you, but I like them stupid. That takes the stupid off me. I'd be the one who's a fool sitting there writing out checks to them because I'm embarrassed. And i got to prove to them I got money to give them. Are they crazy? I've cast out bigger devils than him. <laughs> a little mammon devil trying to work somebody. So. Balaam said, I have sinned. I didn't know you stood against me. So I'll go back again. The angel said, go with him. But just tell him what I tell you to tell him. Huh? This is good training for people who want to talk for God. It's hard to limit your words to what God says. People make faces at you. Don't. That's why the Bible tells prophets, don't look at their faces. It's the truth. It says, when Balak heard that Balaam was come, he went out to meet him in the city of Moab, which is on the border of Arnon, which is in the uttermost coast. They're just all over the place. And Balak said to Balaam, now he's showing up himself now. Got me? Before he's been sending his little messengers, princes, bigger princes. Now the devil himself shows up. This is the third time you go to get your car. And Balak said to Balaam, did I not earnestly send unto you to call you? Wherefore did, did you not come to me? Am I, not, am I not able indeed to promote you to honor? He said, you know, I got all kind of stuff for you. Why don't you come to me when I called you? Balaam said to Balak, <clears throat> lo, I am coming to you. Have I, now, have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth that I will speak. This is what you need to be determined to do. Say what God told you the first time, even after you got two disappointing answers. Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kirjath Huzoth, and Balak offered oxen and sheep, and said, now he's, you know, getting over in the spirit realm now. And to the princes that were with him, and it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high places of Baal. So he's put him right in the devil's territory where the power of the devil resides. Everybody's against you. The finance director. You know, this is a guy in charge of the credit. Well, I don't think we can do the deal for you at this level, but let me talk to my finance director. So we're going to the high place of the finance director. When they come to you, you might have a chance when you have to go to their office. That's when they're throwing the big guns at you. You got me? 
It came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal that he might see the uttermost part of the people. Now he's trying to persuade him in his favor. Open his eyes to the natural. Got me? See, before Balak has told him, these people are numerous. Look at that. I can't kill all them people without some kind of help. So now he takes him to show him how numerous the people are to see if he can persuade them. You got me? Well, I have your credit report here. And your credit score is, huh? To get your eyes on something in the natural to justify why they won't obey God on your behalf. Credit score ain't nothing but a number. They'll tell you, well, uh, don't don't file for credit reports because every time you you apply for one, it, you know, something uh, some magical happens. And you don't touch it. Don't. That's not your. It's about you, but it's not your property. You can't touch it. You can't. You know, on your credit report. I speed on your credit report. I speed on you. I speed on your mother and your mother's mother. I speed on everybody. <laughs> can't curse what God's blessed. You definitely can't curse it. You're trying to get me to curse myself. Because you know you don't have no power to do it. So Balak did as he had spoken. Verse Chapter 23, verse 2. On every altar. <laughs> he had it covered. <laughs> Credit report. Finance director. He says, stand by your burnt offering and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I'll tell you. Yeah, Balaam got his confession right now. He got his heart right. God met Balaam, and he said to him, I've prepared seven altars, and I've offered up on every altar a bullock and a ram. And the Lord put a word in his mouth and said, Go back to him, and this is what you're going to tell him. And he returned to him, and lo, he stood by his burnt <coughs> sacrifice, and all the princes of Moab, now he's standing smack in the devil's territory with offerings going up. And he took up this parable and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and come, defy Israel. He's got his head on straight. See, what, what, you, what you are doing is this is you. You say, the devil's come to me, and he tells me that I'm cursed. He tells me that God's against me, and he will defy me. Huh? That's what he's telling you. Because when he tells you, you pray for something, I believed, I received when I prayed. Huh? Oh. Hmm? Got to punctuate it. You're going to tell me I believed, I received when I prayed, and God's against me? It's amazing how many of us really think that way. Get under pressure. You know how I know? Because the first other thought will come is, what did I do wrong? He said, this is what you're going to say. 
He says, come, curse Jacob, defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How can you stop yourself from being blessed when God has not said you're not blessed? How can you stop yourself from receiving what God has given you as an inheritance when God himself has not told you you can't have it? Why would you think God would tell you you could have it and now say you can't have it? He says, from the top of the rocks I see him, from the hills I behold, lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel? He said, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like this. And Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse these people and you didn't bless them anyway. Huh? Yeah. I didn't do this right. I didn't pay all my pledge. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And I didn't do that. But I have repented. I am righteous. I am cleansed. And I'm going to go and get my car because God told me I could have my car. And he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak which the Lord has put in my mouth? Oh, Balaam, Balaam straight now. The prophet didn't get healed. He didn't got delivered. And Balak said to him, Come, I pray thee, with me to another place, and you'll be able to see him. In other words, go to the next place where you think you can get a deal on a car, and I'll show you more evidence against you in the natural. Hmm? Oh, we see a, a bankruptcy on. We see a foreclosure. We see a this. We see a that. Well, that ain't what I see. I see I'm blessed. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go again to him and say this. When he came to him, he stood by the burnt offering, the princes of Moab, etc., etc. And he took up this parable. And he said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Hearken to me, O son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie about blessing you, about having an inheritance for you. I told you you had an inheritance before you went into foreclosure and before you went bankrupt, and I didn't lie then, and it has nothing to do with what you did in between. This is not a man that he should lie. In other words, these finance people are the liars. Let God be true in every man. Amen. And he said, nor the son of man that he should repent. In other words, God didn't think he wanted to bless you. Maybe if you were this, that, and the other. And now he's changed his mind because you so disappointed him with your stupidity and your disobedience. And you're not trustworthy and you can't keep a job and you can't do this and you can't do that. He said, oh, I changed my mind. Now, people will do that to you. So why don't you, you, you bless yourself and let the finance guy change his mind. But God has not changed his mind about blessing you. Are you kidding me? He blessed you knowing who you were and what you were and what you were capable of. And he blessed you anyway. He says, shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? In other words, God's got to bless you so that he won't look like a liar. 
there's more involved in this than you and your little mess ups and your little flesh and your little no-nos. There's God's reputation on the line. There's his word on the line. That's his covenant on the line. You better straighten up. He says, behold, I've received commandment to bless and he's blessed and I can't reverse it. The finance guy can't reverse it. The people who hold your note can't reverse it. Nobody can reverse it. You can't reverse it. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Is you repent and straighten up and get obedient? Well, he don't see nothing. He don't see no sin in you. He doesn't see iniquity in you. He can't see it because you're righteous. He can't see it because you're obeying him. He can't see. He cannot see. He will not behold iniquity in you. Well, you don't know what I did. You don't know what his son did. Take take care of what you did. If that were an issue, he wouldn't have died for your little stinky self to, to begin with. You smell a whole lot better today as a saint than you did when he first met you. You see, look at these people trying to tell you you don't qualify for this and you don't have that. And you don't have. You think to yourself, uh-uh. That's a commandment to bless yourself coming up inside of you. What the devil is trying to do is keep you in the natural so you won't release it. He says he's not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither has he sinned perverseness in Israel. Hello? <laughs> but you, Balak, you got some problems, boy. It's about who's righteous and who ain't. The righteous get blessed. The sinners don't. It's just that simple. You have sense enough to obey God and make that confession of Christ as your Savior. And you're safe forever. Not safe until you mess up enough to make God mad at you. He won't do nothing. He ain't mad at you no more. Even when he was mad at you, he died for you. He said, he's not beheld in their perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him. And the shout of the king is among them. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, God, don't tell me if I get up and shout in this place, then everybody will get scared and tell me to sign them papers and get out of here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's an understanding that you're not subject to these people and what they say about you and what's on paper against you and all. It's just something in you that tells you that the shout of the king is inside of you. God brought them out of Egypt. He has as it were the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination. In other words, no devil can stop you from getting with it. Why are you scared? Why are you talking about, well, you don't know what I have to deal with. You know, the people at my job, they don't like me. Good. It's a sign of righteousness. Maybe you'll keep this job. You won't get pals with him and start messing up like you did the last one you had. Trying to be friends with everybody. Not supposed to be friends with everybody. You're supposed to be God's friend. 
see what God sees, not what man sees. So God brought them out of Egypt. As he he has, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Yeah, the shout of the king is inside of him. Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion. That's what you need to do next time you go to go to buy some. Put one of them T-shirts on, another one with the lion's face on, and sit there and go. Act like you want to crouch or something. To get your crouch position on the other side of the desk, like you're going to pounce on it. Uh Uh-huh. What we do, we go in, (laughs) trying to look invisible. He said, the people shall rise up as a great lion and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eats the prey and drink the blood of the slain. Huh? Kill every devil you see. And Balak said to him, don't curse them at all or bless them. In other words, don't say nothing. You got all that on the inside of you. Please don't say nothing. You would just see the credit manager going and getting the papers for you to sign, so you just quit talking. Huh? Get out of here and don't talk no more, please. And Balaam answered and said to Balak, I told you. Is it didn't I tell you? Saying that I can only speak with God. And something happened to this man, man. He just changed. God will convert a witch in order to bless you. Balak said to him, he said, come I pray thee, I will bring you to another place. Trying it again. It's the third time he tried to get the prophet to curse the people. Huh? Oh, you didn't quit because you went one place and they turned you down? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, this will make you see things right, folks. To make you see who you really are. The devil gets gets us in a place, and just because we have to wait a little bit, you know, you're supposed to stay in the Word while you're waiting anyway. You're supposed to worship God while you're waiting. You're supposed to stay in the Spirit. You wait in the Spirit. You don't wait in the flesh, huh? Best thing they ever could have done for everybody was to take fathers, expecting fathers, out of the waiting room and put them right in there where the action was. That cleared up a lot of. <clears throat> Come on, Dad. Oh, I gotta go in there. I usually, you know, I let me go get some, you know, like the uh, Pastor Shirley said, her husband used to take a shower. I'm gonna go home and get a shower. You know, wait till she's like eight or nine centimeters, and now it's time to go home and get a shower. Huh? Right. Uh huh. No more showers for expectant dads. They put you right in there. Well, come on. We'll help. We'll let you cut the cord. You been to Lamaze? Oh, wonderful. Just come on in. This is the next step to Lamaze. Huh? Put some right in there in the action, folks. <laughs> so he says, I can only speak with the Lord. Balak said to him, come, I pray thee, I will bring you to another place. Hmm? Maybe it will please God that you may curse me. <laughs> In other words, a finance guy thinks he's doing somebody a big favor by keeping you from having what you're looking for. 
Balak brought Balaam unto the top of Peor that looks toward Jeshimon. And Balaam, Balaam said to Balak, Build me there seven altars. Here we go again. Balak did as Balaam and offered the bullock on the ram on every altar. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel. Mm. Before he was just being obedient. Now he's seeing it pleases God to bless you. It pleases God to give you credit. It pleases God to give you favor. It pleases God to give you the desires of your heart. When he saw that, he went not as at other times to seek for enchantments, but he set his face toward the wilderness. In other words, he said, mm, I'm not going, I'm going this way. <laughs> and Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw that saw Israel abiding in his tents <laughs> according to his tribe. They done went home and started cooking dinner. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Go out and and take your credit card and go to wherever you want to go and have some fine dining. And show the devil you're not upset. You don't have knots in your stomach. You are well able to digest your meal because you are not fearful of anything that he can do. So it took them so long to get it together whether he could curse them and beat them or not. But they said, let's go home and lay down. They broke down the battle array. Went home and went into their tents according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And he took up another parable. And said, Balaam the son of Peor hath said that the man whose eyes are open. And the man whose eyes are open have said. In other words, I didn't got saved, y'all. He hath said, which heard the words of the Lord, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance. In other words, he'd have been tripped out 17 times with God. Made the prophet get to know God better. He said, how goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. In other words, you need to hear this. When you go somewhere and they tell you no, your credit's lousy. You can't get this. You need to tell yourself, how goodly, how goodly am I before God? I, I am blessed before God. I am, God loves me. He's blessing me. He's, you need to edify yourself. But you know what we do? We listen to that nonsense. We go out feeling bad and then go right back again the next time. Of course, it'll take you four months to get out again to go get it. He sent you to get it the first day. See, if you keep going from step to step to step all in one day, you'd have it in one day. But you got to go back and lick your wounds, feel sorry for yourself, tell yourself, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I don't know what I can do about this. Well, you're not supposed to do anything about it. Your credit score is shot. You did follow up on your last your last note that you had. You did all of the above. However, he blesses you still. Your history is not as important to to you, your uh, to God as to you or the credit man. It shouldn't be important to you if you know who you are. Donald Trump goes bankrupt one day and is looking for some more creditors the next. He didn't let that stop him one bit. Say, I still got an idea. I still know I can make this work. 
He says, How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel, as the valleys are they spread forth as gardens by the river's side, as the trees of aloes which are the Lord has planted. In other words, God said, You know what? You smell good to me. So I like you so much you even smell good to me. Huh? I like the way you come in, the way you go out. I like the way you worship me. I like you when you don't worship me because I can always make you get up and worship me anyway. He shall pour water out of his buckets. That's flourishing. And his seed shall be in many waters as his king shall be higher than. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. In other words, I don't just want you to have a little bit of transportation. I want you to go from good to better to best to the desires of your heart. I want you to have whatever you want. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. He shall eat up the nations. Hmm? You know what you need to do sometimes? Your credit report, when they show it to you, just take it and start taking little pieces off of it and stick it in your mouth and chewing it. What else you got for me? Huh? What else you got for me? It's truth. Huh? And shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. He couched as he lay down as a lion. And it's a great line. In other words, this prophecy gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The more this guy tells him to curse him, the more he gets blessed. The bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger it gets. Huh? You first went out, you were going to get this kind of car. The devil didn't want you to have that. Hmm. That's where he made his mistake. Because you'd have been content with that. God would make it run. He'd make it work. It would be fine. But see, he made the mistake of telling a child of God he couldn't have something. You don't never tell a child of God they can't have something. Because they'll get something triple times bigger. More times they oppose you, the bigger it gets every time. He'll wish he gave you that first thing you asked for. God brought him forth out of Egypt. <laughs> Couched down as a great lion. Who shall stir him up? In other words, when you go in and you know who you are, they'll be scared of you. They'll want to bless you. What can I do for you? I want to help you. You got me? You're not going as a beggar barely getting by and taking whatever they have. You go out and you call the shots. You tell them what you want. He says, he that is blessed, he, <clears throat> blessed is he that bless you, and cursed is he that curse you. Mm-hmm. Balaam, the got saved, he understands now the whole show. Knows what side he better stay on. Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he smote his hands together, and Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have all together blessed them three times. And if that idiot had tried to do it a fourth time, God would bless you a fourth time when you go. Every time you go to confront the enemy, you get blessed again. Don't you come out feeling less. You should come out feeling more. They told me no the first time. And I was, I was, uh, God said he would bless me anyway. But he said I would have strength coming out. 
Second time he went in and I, and I wanted a blessing. And they told me no. And God told me he didn't see my sin. He didn't see my iniquity. When I prayed, I believed I received, and that righteousness stands. Huh? As long as I don't let the devil take it from me, that righteousness stands. Huh? He said he tried to, to condemn me a third time, and God said I could pounce on him like a lion. Eat up that paper, that credit score is eating. That would blow somebody's mind. I mean, if you really sat there and started eating that paper up, that scared him. The, the, what? He ate the credit report. Bring me another one. That was the appetizer. And Balaam said, Balaam said to Balak, verse 12, he says, <clears throat> he says, uh, spake I not also unto your messengers, which you sent to me, saying, if Balak would give me this house full, I told you before, I couldn't go beyond, the, you cannot go beyond the commandment of God on your life to take away from it or to add to it, folks. You don't have that power. You can't do it. You try and do it. You get scared and don't go out and go, God don't want me to have this. or I don't know what. I don't want it no more. Hmm? Stood before witnesses in your young days, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor. Huh? Sickness and in health till death. Yeah, you don't want him no more. Well, God don't want him either. He yours. Huh? You pray for him, embrace him, accept him. God might want him. That's how it goes. It's life in the big city. Grow up. He says, he says and now I go to my own people. <laughs> Therefore I, and I will, will advise you what you should do, what this people shall do to your people in the latter days. In other words, he gives him a prophecy now. Huh? See, you determine to try and destroy these people, you're cursed. You determine to say no to these people, your business will go down. You determine to, to try and break these people with shoddy workmanship and, and pour this and pour that, you're going to go down. You're not going to prosper. Now, you prospered when you're messing with sinners only, but this is a blessed people. And God said, anybody who blesses them, I will bless, but you mess with them, I mess with you. That's just the way it goes. That's the law. So he says, <clears throat> he, uh, he says in verse 15, he took up this parable again. He says, verse 16, he has said, which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling in a trance, but having his eyes open. He said, yep. He said, before I used to work both sides, but now I see God clearly. I know what God has for you. See, God's going to open the eyes of somebody who has power on the earth to bless you. They'll see clearly exactly what they're supposed to do on your behalf, and they will obey God. God will raise up somebody on your behalf who stands in power to either bless or withhold blessing from you, and they will work for you. It's not going to always be against you, but you've got to, get, got to know and show God that you believe him. Based on what he said in his word about people who have always believed him. You've got to see yourself the same way all the time. It does not change. If you get crazy and, and, and break God's law, repent and go back to God. And tell him, God, I'm sorry. I, I see that now. 
You know, I don't want to live like that. I want you on my side. I don't want you against me. So then he is able then to receive the blessing. Now how do you receive the blessing? Well, Genesis chapter 3 sets a pattern for blessing. God blessed them and said, you bless yourself with what you say, both on the inside and on the outside. See, we got a habit of lying somewhere. You can make a good confession in front of the saints, but on the inside you think different, you feel different, you're telling yourself different stuff. You've got to bless yourself on the inside as well as on the outside. You can't have a good confession in and don't have a good confession out. It's all got to line up together. You bless yourself with your words. You bless yourself with your thoughts about yourself. You bless yourself with your vision of who you are and what God says about you. I'm a lion. I'm crouching waiting for somebody to tell me I can't have something God sent me here to get. I'm ready to pounce on that. I'm going to devour that. Everything that's against me, I'm going to attack it and I'm going to devour it. I'm not going to lay, lie down and, and, and play dead. So we bless with our words all the time. If someone comes to you and, and asks you, how, how's this coming? You're praying for this and praying for that. Don't lie and say, oh, well, you know, it's okay. And, you know, this is fake faith confession. It's not a faith confession. It's a lie. Because God sent that person to you to strengthen your faith in it. He didn't want, they don't want to hear complaint from you. But they want to hear, did you get it yet? Is it in, is it in the house yet? Is it in the garage yet? Is it, has it come to you yet? And we put on this religious front of pretending to have it all together. And you and everybody else knows you don't have it. So why are we messing around? Pile under the rug getting bigger. See? Excuses. Other things. Nonsense. Be real. Be real and let God help somebody to help you get strengthened in things. You can't do this alone. You can't do it alone. He hasn't designed for you to do it alone. You won't do it alone. Huh? Alone you'll go under. If God's put people in your life to help you and strengthen you, you better go along with the program because you need it. You need that and then some. You know, many times we tell sinners more than we tell God. It's running our mouth telling everything. Huh? You need to be able to, to, to tell God and get the help that he has for you. He wants you to receive an inheritance. He's not thinking about you being embarrassed. You can lose that. So God then blessed, he blessed them and said, this is how you release the blessing in your life. By what you say. And what you believe. If you really believe it, you'll say it. You'll say it in front of people who are antagonistic against you. You'll say it in front of people who don't want you there. You'll say it around people who and not care what they want. Our biggest problem is the things we consider. Huh? Always worried about what your boss thinks about you. He can't do nothing but obey God just like Balaam did. He can't go a, a farther above or beyond what God has told him to do in your life. But you got to know that every day. You can't just know it on Sunday and then go in there on, on Monday and do the same routine. you got to know this every day. Because the devil wants to sneak up on you in a time of weakness and get to take it away from you. Just stealing from you. Huh? It's that stupid commercial, you know, the people are 
their long distance is robbing them blind or something. You see these thieves just running around. She said, thank you. And he just take it. So she said, ah, I better get before they rob us blind. He just took her glasses, you know. That's what the enemy does. So always planting stuff in there that we can't, you know, think we can't overcome. Oh, it's too big. All you got to do is repent. Thing. This is this is a problem with most Christians. They get a certain age in God and they are re- afraid to be wrong. You can be wrong anytime. You can be wrong and get that off of you and go right back out and be right again. But you got you got to do this. You've got to to understand how to release the blessing in your life. You and it'll reverse I mean, it'll reverse quickly. You gotta stop looking at yourself as somebody who needs a bunch of excuses for what you don't have yet. Start reaching out for it now and allow God to bring it into your life. I was the other night, a Friday night when I, I got here, I was thinking about this and I was saying to myself, I said, I'm still carrying a stupid cane around here, but I needed it. You know, the knee's still swollen. It ain't, you know, 100%. And I thought about it a couple of days. I said, gee, usually if I have some kind of little injury like this, it goes away. You know, I can, I can get in my word. I can have my program. See, it's like a program. You know how much God cares about our program? You got me? Don't ever get no program on God. Oh, don't ever get no formula. Don't ever get no, you know what I'm saying? This is a grace thing. You ain't running nothing up in here. And so I was thinking about that, and, and when I went to my room, uh, Mr. Gary dropped me off, which I was thankful for because I I could stretch my leg out a little bit better still. You know, it's hard to keep it bent up for a long period of time. And so I thought to myself, I said, well, I'll get here, and my bloody G, you know, he unload me and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, as sometimes happens... We forget things, you know. So, so he had. When I got my room, Shannon had already told me that the heat wouldn't turn off. And so, when I got there, and I thought, well, it's warm outside, kind of anyway. I said, maybe you know, it's not an issue, but it was still hot in there. And so, they offered to move my room. Well, in the meantime, Mr. Gary had called me and said, "Well, your purse is still in here." I said, "Robber, thief, bring it back." No, no, I didn't. <laughs> Bring my purse back on up. I said, I said, gee, I'm gonna need my purse now. If it was like some other bag, I might. Well, not the cosmetics, please. Don't take that. Don't take that from. Me. Please don't take that from. Me. But, uh, but anyway, I said, I really need my purse. I'm gonna have to ask you to come back. He needed to be at work on time, so that blew that. And so anyway, and I thought to myself, dang, I said, made him late for work. And, you know, a lot of things were going through my mind. So when I get to the room, they moved me to it's a handicap suite. Now, I'd stayed there before, you know. and I, But I'm looking at, okay, all right, devil. The cane, the handicap suite. Already my program, my three-day program ain't working on it. I said, no, devil, this is enough of this. Now I've had enough. Totally had enough of this. This is not my permanent condition with this cane. See, that's what they want you to, well, suppose this one don't get better. Suppose it's really slow now. It's, it's take, why is it taking so Well, maybe it's more damage. 
Maybe you need to turn yourself into, oh, 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 though he slay me, yet will I not trust in the doctors. So I just called a halt to the whole show. I just said it I, as I walked around. I said, no, devil, you ain't doing this to me. I said, not staying here. I said, I can go and roast in that room all night if I need to, but are you not putting me up in here? And immediately, who should appear but the housekeeping? supervisor which they don't do no housekeeping no way you know what I'm saying it's not like I'm overjoyed that these guys show up ain't, ain't. I mean it's not like whoa hell housekeeping supervisor is so wonderful it's like what are they doing here so he looks at me he said oh hi I said hi because we had just met and they promised us all this stuff during the conference which we never got so I'm like hi and before I could realize who he was, he started talking. Because my next thing was saying, y'all didn't clean my room either. Yeah, but I couldn't figure out who he was at first exactly. He had another guy with him. And he said, um, was everything okay? It's, it's about as okay as the last time I talked to you. and didn't get, you know, I want to say, I was like, I said, well, you know, I said, my room's, I said, I can't get the heat off in my room. And he said, uh, have they given you another one? I said, yeah. He said, do you want to go? I said, no, I don't. I said, I don't want to go to that room. I didn't tell him what it was, but I didn't want to go there. And so he said, well, come on, and I'll see what I can do. Good words to hear, folks, because he's going to see really what God will tell him to do, not what he can do but what God will tell him to do, what God will command him to do on my behalf. So he went in there. He said, oh, yeah, it is hot in here. And he said, oh, yeah, let's find a breaker box. and we'll." So that's what they did. They just shut it off with the breaker. He said, well, if it's okay tonight, he said, uh, tomorrow, this is where God drops off. You know, This was God, but this other thing over here, this is the same right nonsense. Might as well be in Greek because I don't understand it. It never happens. It won't come to pass. But anyway, and so that's how I was able to. But all I'm getting you to, to see is this. You bless yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. That blessing comes upon you every time you appropriate it. You must bless yourself with your own words. Even if it's stop, devil, you don't have any authority. I'm not receiving this. I'm not taking this. I am blessed and you can't reverse it. I'm going to receive a blessing. This is not going to be my permanent nothing. You got me? Because you go in them handicapped suites and it's nothing but infirm devils and pity devils and falling down devils and crazy devils. I'm not staying in there tonight. I'm going in a normal room. <laughs> Where normal, crazy, loud Active people, tear it up. But I'm not staying in the short suite. Nothing wrong with being short. Some of my best friends are short. But in the face of a bunch of no answers, turn downs, you're not worthy, you're not going to get it, you never had it, your parents didn't have nothing, they didn't have nothing, your grandparents ain't never had you, ain't getting nothing either. you got to bless yourself. I'm a lion, I'm crouching. I'm ready to pounce on the enemy. He's got to. He's scared of me. I'm increasing too much, and he sees it. That's why he wants to stop me. See, that's what you say, because that's what's true. That's what the Bible. It's because 
when the devil gets when a child of God gets something on this earth it's a permanent possession you got to remind yourself of that he doesn't want you to have it because once you get it over into God's kingdom system he'll never get it back that's why he'll drive you crazy over a $1,500 automobile huh because he knows once he gets it it's going to ride like 5,000 and it's going to last like 10,000 so he's not willing to give that kind of stuff up folks for anything so when you understand what it means to be truly blessed, it's an irrevocable covenant. It's an irrevocable. He will not take it back. He's not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. People will start helping you and then get sick of you and drop you, but God won't do it. He won't do it. He'll continue to help you as long as he lives. He'll help his children. Amen. We'll stop. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for understanding. For understanding that we bless ourselves. We bless ourselves, Lord. We're a people of increase forever. We will never diminish. We're a people of understanding. We're a people, we're a righteous people. We are a blessed people. We cannot go beyond or fall short of what you have for us, Father, because that blessing is on us and it abides on us forever. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up. Praise the Lord.